Welcome back to Ear Thoughts with me, Kieran. And me, Harry. This week we'll be talking about baby names, the first computer, and childhood. Right, let's get into it. So, we had a conversation at the pub the other day, didn't we? Yeah. And it was about baby names, and obviously you don't want kids, do you? No, I don't. But if, so say, by chance you happen to have a child, do yeah. you, would you have a preference on their names? Uh, I, I don't, I mean, like I've never thought about it. So it's never something that's really come up in my mind. Like, there were names that I definitely wouldn't want it to have. Like? Um, well, you, you won't want to have anyone you hate. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then there's some names that, like, to me, sound either too old or too new. Um, In air quotes. Um... So, I guess there would be a preference, but not a particular preference. It's like when you go and buy a car, you you know what sort of car you want, and what you definitely don't want. So, yeah. and if I was to pick a name, I'd know the sort of name that I want, but I won't know. I won't be able to give you a short list. Yeah, because I uh, I think I think you're on the same. We're on kind of similar wavelength in that there's certain names you just have to avoid, like. I wouldn't call my child after you, for example. No offence to you, but <laughs> but the issue I have with that is that I've got my best mate Harry and then my child Harry, and it really put me off. Yeah. Could make for a good sitcom in the future, though. What? Harry and Harry. Harry and Harry. What would the sitcom be about? Just lie and a cre- help. A creepy godfather and... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to be the godfather. Well, I'm holding this you is, to that. This is if I, I'm not sure if I'd name my kid Harry, but <laughs> but this is if I have a child. But I'm holding. I'm going to clip that and I'm going to hold it to you. What? So when I'm thirty odd, having a child, you're like, right? You promised. Damn. <laughs> Trust me, that's one of the things I will remember. Well, I think you'd be a fairly good godfather there. My pin number. Can't remember that. This I can. So you can't remember how to access all of your money, but you can remember that you might be named Godfather of my child. Yeah, that's why I always pray it works contactless, because I can't remember the pin for it. Yeah, I I get the same thing, but now... See, I didn't realise you could change your pin at an ATM. Can you? So when, yeah, so once I'd remember it once, I went to the ATM and just changed it to something I remembered. See, if I, I think I remember it. That's a th- I know at least two of the numbers, and I think I know one of the others. The other one I can't remember, and the order I definitely can't remember. So I just kind of entered it into an ATM, and you can just change it from an ATM nowadays? Oh, does it have to be one of the bank's ones? Uh, I don't I don't think so. It no. might be. I know, I know you, if, if it is, then you're pretty, pretty stuffed, because the nearest metro is in Birmingham. Yeah. Well, it's not too bad. I need to go over there in a month or two anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's the nearest one. The next question was, would you change your own name? Or no. Do you like the name Harry? No, I've, I've got used to I forget that I've changed it. That's the thing. What, so you keep referring to yourself as Harry, even though your name would be like John? 
Yeah, and then you just you forget to change your accounts on some. It's like if you change your email, you've got to go through a million different accounts changing it. Like you'd miss yeah. one or two of them at least. It's the same with changing address. It's a pain having to go through all of your like. You've got your in, your car insurance, your yeah. bank account, ev- everything. You've got to change your new address. Yeah. But would you change your middle name? Uh, no, I don't think so. See, I, I'm getting to the stage where I'm getting sick of my own first name now. I don't like the way it looks on paper, which is really weird. A weird, like you of it but just certain words i don't like the way that they're spelled but you know when you like read something and you've read a word so many times and you look at it and you think is this even a word anymore it's a bit like that with my own name i'm thinking it just doesn't look right and i don't like my middle name either because it make it doesn't make any sense i was going through a um it's like the first two years of having a baby and my parents have a massive book of it yeah and they had a newspaper from it and on the I knew it was really old because Leeds had just beaten Liverpool 4-3 and Mark Viduka had scored four times. Um, Brown was giving a speech. Blair was off with with the UN or something. Posh was on the cover and I was thinking, crikey. It just makes you feel old. Yeah. But the the name Kieran is like a bit Irish. That was what my parents... I I looked at the shortlist of names and it was like Kieran, Sean... Patrick, Edgar was one of them. And then I had a look at the shortlist of the middle names and they were all like fairly generic and none of them said Andrew. And then my parents just said, oh yeah, when you were born, we decided to just go with it. I was thinking, real. <laughs> but I read about this thing called the immortality complex, which is a thing with children and that you name your child after yourself. So... If you had a child, you'd name it Harry, and then he'd be Harry Con Junior or Harry Con the Second. A bit See, like I, I wouldn't do that. A bit like Henry Ford from Ford. Yeah. So yeah. So I how many four, there are? Four or five of them at least. There's Henry Ford. There's Henry Ford the Second. Oh, I didn't realize that Henry Ford was into politics. Yeah. This is another rabbit hole for you now, then. Well, so there's Henry Ford, and he had a child. And then, so Henry Ford's child was not called Henry Ford. But Henry Ford's grandchild was called Henry. Well, you see, a lot of people do that. Like, they won't name their kid after them, but their kid will name their kid after them. So you see a lot of grandparents and sort of grandkids sharing a name. But yeah, you don't so see a lot of like parents and kids sharing a name. So there's Henry Ford the first, and then his son is Edsel Ford the first. Then yeah. there's Henry Ford the second, and his son is Edsel Ford the second. <laughs> What's it? Oh, yeah, and Edsel Ford the second's got a child called Henry Ford the third. <laughs> Henry Ford the third better not have a child called Edsel Ford the third. Do you reckon it's written in a contract? When they're born, they have to sign it. Well, and you have to have your firstborn son be named either Edsel or Henry, depending. <laughs> yeah, your first son has to be named after your dad. See, I'd not call my child Martin. I just don't... I, I might give him the middle name Martin, 
but I think it, I don't know. Martin Hopeful the second. <laughs> Harry, Harry Con the second. He sounds like an industrial man. <laughs> yeah. But I was having a look at the top UK names for 2020 baby names. Yeah. And the the girls' names are Olivia, Amelia, and Isla. And they've the boys. Been, they've been up for the past couple of years. To be fair, those sort of names. I know Olivia's been up there for a while. Yeah. And then the boys is Oliver, George, and Noah. Okay. Do, do any of them tickle your fancy if you were to have a child? Uh, I don't mind the name Olivia. Yeah, I quite like the name Olivia. I think it's weird, though, how the top girl name for a girl is Olivia and the top name for a boy is Oliver. I guess some people might like to name the kids similar, I guess. True. And whenever somebody says Noah, I always think of... Um, Noah and the Ark. I think of Comma and the Whales. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about them. And there's George up there. And George nowadays reminds me of... Um, it used to remind me of Curious George, but now it reminds me of uh, Prince George. I thought of And the Dragon. Yeah, true. I mean, we are having a conversation about patron saints the other day, weren't we? Oh, no, I was talking about the pub down the road. Oh right, I was talking about the <laughs> so, where's the pub? Where's the pub down the road? Uh, it's I say down the road, and I can mean like two villages away. So what village it, is it in? I think there's one in Kegworth. It's either Kegworth or um. Oh, there is one, and it does ring a bell now, but I can't remember where it is. There's one near me somewhere. It's not the best, to be fair. Oh, it's in Colville. Yeah, that's why it's not the best. <laughs> but we were in the car the other day, and one of our friends asked us whether the St. George's Cross in the Georgia flag... Yeah. It, it was confused as to why they had it. Yeah. And I think... What did we say? Did we say it's to do with the... What, did we find out whether St. George was the patron saint of Georgia? I don't know. I was driving. I'll yeah, take the responsible route. Yeah, yeah, fair. I'm just having a look at it now, but they a lot of them seem to have this. Um, although their their old flags, they swapped the red and the white about, so it looked a bit like is it the Danish flag? Yeah. I bet. I bet it's nothing to do with them. Um, what should be nothing to do with Saint George? It would probably be something like they wanted the cross, then uh, they had to invert it because of Denmark's similarity. St. George is the patron saint of Georgia, though. Oh. Well, you could probably get that from the name, to be fair. Yeah, true. I wonder why... Why is the state of Georgia called George? Is that? Do you think that's because of King George? No, that one's named after the monkey. Uh, I see. <laughs> But the, the state of Georgia. I mean, what are the what were the founding states? Virginia. I never paid attention. Oh, the state of Georgia. Oh, I still talk, think about the country. Never. No, I was not about the state of Georgia. I was thinking, why is that called Georgia? And I was thinking, maybe it probably to do with. Yeah, it's named after King George the Second. Oh. But I think a lot of them have similar names to um, England, don't they? Because of how they were like founded. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you've got new. You've got this this collection of states that are, that is New England, or the region, yeah. I should say. I mean, you've got New York. Oh, that's just because we took it over. It used to be called New Amsterdam. Yeah, it did used to be called New Amsterdam. But why did it used to be called New Amsterdam? Because I don't think the Dutch. Because the Dutch took had it. it. Did they? Yeah, the Dutch had it. Then we traded uh, some islands somewhere for it. I think we might have traded some of the Caribbean islands for it. To be honest, we probably um, oh yeah, seventeenth century Dutch settlement. But what what else is there? There's um. I'm trying to remember American states now. But I know Ohio. there's Ohio. Yeah, but is that was Ohio a founding state? I don't know. I'm just naming U.S. states. There was um. West Virginia, wasn't there? Here we go. Uh, Massachusetts. Oh no, West Virginia wasn't one. It was just Virginia. Virginia, South Carolina, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, New York, New Jersey, New Hampshire. I mean, New New York, York, New Jersey, Jersey, New Hampshire, Hampshire. But I think I think you'll probably find that all over the world, won't you? Because British Empire did pillage a lot, or yeah. settle a lot. So you'll have places all over the world that have similar. I mean, there's Newark in America as well. Yeah. But I this has actually nothing to do with America, so this is going to be a massive tangent. But the conspiracy for this week is an ancient Greek one. Okay. So it's to do with the supposed first computer called the. Antikythera mechanism, right? Yeah. So, let me give you the rundown. It was found in a shipwreck off the coast of Greece in the ni- in like 1900, 1901. Um, and by 1970... So they found it and they were like... They just thought it was a lump of corroded metal. It was just this yeah. massive lump. But by 1974, a guy called Derek Price found out it was from about 150 BC. So it was like 2,000 years old. Yeah. And he studied it a lot more, and it had a lot of bronze gears, and it was quite similar to this 235-month pattern that ancient astronomers, astronomers, astro- astronomers in the past used to predict eclipses, right? So, by 2009, with all of our modern technology, we kind of released a virtual model of it to try and figure out what it was. And it was actually capable... Of predicting the positions of Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, the Sun, the Moon, and the eclipses. Okay. And it even had a black and white stone that showed the phases of of the Moon. So this is all pretty nuts, considering we've dated it to like 150 BC, right? Yeah. Two thousand years ago, they were predicting, like the positions of the planets all in this like metal kind of sphere kind of thing if you if you look at a picture of it 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 kind of is just a bunch of metal gears all mushed together which is why i think when they found it they just thought it was a lump of corroded metal yeah but you this is this is really a big connection to you which i found that i had no idea but this guy andrew carroll who was an engineer from Apple, created a Lego version of it. (laughs) 
And I thought, I thought Harry will love this. If if you type it up, yeah. there's just a, a meth. There's like, it is nuts. It's like somehow this guy has just got bored and he's managed to make this L- Lego. It, it, it's really weird to look at. It's like two selections of Lego things with kind of loads of gears in between them. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's pretty amazing. I'll lob you over the link because it's quite fascinating to look at compared to the actual version, which is basically just kind of a, a lump of metal. Yeah. And in 2016, uh, like archaeologists and such identified very small text on it. And the reason they didn't see it before was because it was 1 20th of an inch wide, which is... I mean, I'm, I'm looking at how big an inch is in my hand now, and it's one twentieth of that. It's so so small. But they they found this um, this little text, and it explained that the colours that came basically when they predicted certain stuff, like where where all the planets were, that it gave out like a colour and stuff, and they used to use this colour for oracles. Okay. So it's a bit. It's a bit like, I suppose it's a bit like horoscopes nowadays. Yeah. In that they predicted all the positions of things, the, uh, the the eclipses, uh, how what phase the moon was in, and they kind of translated this into, into, a, an oracle. Because obviously the Greeks were very big on the oracles. You have, if you look throughout Greek history, they have oracles and they, they decide things off oracles so like if the oracle of i don't know i don't know delphine is it delphine of sparta if they said something like oh this person's gonna kill this person or you need to go to war they, they base entire decisions off these oracles which i think is weird because they're quite ra- they were quite rational people they could create this sort of thing and yet they still kind of relied on oracles of the gods yeah but they did some more research on it, and they found out that it was built uh, on Rhodes, the island of Rhodes, by multiple people. And they came to the conclusion that their knowledge of kind of maths, I suppose it is, is yeah. gr- so much greater than we actually first thought. Because we knew they were quite rational people. But this, the, the big point here is that the technology that they used in, in 100 BC was not kind of found or available again until the 14th century wow so so obviously there's a bunch of theories come out of this because i think it's quite quite surprising that such technology actually existed at the time and people who couldn't kind of comprehend this came up with theories so there's four main ones the first one is it's proof of time travel so a time traveler from the future got stuck in the back in the past and they couldn't do anything, and they used their knowledge to build this thing. But the only issue I had with this is, well, if they had knowledge of the future, so obviously they must have been a smart person, why is yeah. it that they build something that predicted the positions of moons and stuff? Would they not build something more practical? I guess if they wanted to sort of blend in. Yeah, like, I suppose. The position of the moon was very key back in those times. Um, so they wouldn't have really known about clocks or anything. So it'd be moon dials or sundials. 
Um, so I guess that could sort of explain that. The the next theory is that it was aliens. So they argue the tech was too advanced for humans of that time. Obviously, so the a- aliens had this because they call it a computer, right? They call this antitherum mechanism the first computer because. It's an example of kind of analog mechanism that they used in really early computers and things. Yeah. And it's just the fact that it was in 100 BC and it wasn't seen again until kind of the Renaissance. Yeah. So they argue that aliens, because the tech was too advanced, uh, they kind of came to Greece and had these things that predicted things. But then... They kind of they must have left or something because the knowledge of how to recreate this thing got lost and that's why you don't see it again for another sixteen centuries. Yeah. The third one is a classic Greek one in that it came from Atlantis. Of so, course. So the story of Atlantis, I think most people kind of know it, is that it's a technological uh kind of city and it's in a technologically advanced city with an intelligent civilization. And it fell into the sea. So you, you've got... Is it Little Mermaid that's Atlantis? Is that Atlantis and Little Mermaid? Do you know, I've never seen it. I've never seen... I think it... Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm just getting it massively wrong here. I know Atlantis was created by Plato in a story at some point. I know it was never meant to be real. Um, it was created as a work of fiction. And people read about it so much they presumed it was actually real. Oh, so so the um the thing in um Little Mermaid is a kingdom of Atlantica, not Atlantis. Yeah. But I know what you mean. Plato created it as this kind of it wasn't a poem, it was kind of it wasn't it wasn't a full flown novel though, was it? I don't think it was, no. I just think it was kind of a a short piece of text. But then people took this as gospel, right? Yeah. So the argument is that it came from Atlantis and it somehow got into roads, and then everybody who knew how it worked in Atlantis, like, or knew how to recreate it, kind of um, went into the sea and obviously passed away. And then the last one, that they weren't the, these conspiracy theorists weren't convinced by those first three theories, Harry. So the logical step they went next to is that it's all a hoax. So they kind of. They, they looked at these other theories and thought, they're all too far-fetched. And they looked at this antikythera mechanism and they think, that is too good for the time. So they came to the conclusion that it must have been a hoax and it's been planted there by somebody. See, a lot of ones that people say are hoax, you can see what they gain from that. This, I can't see what you gain from it. Like, why would you... Like, the classic one's the moon landing, isn't it? That's meant to be a hoax. Yeah. But this one, what do you gain from this massive lump of metal? Yeah. Like, in a sense, you can see what people would gain from faking the moon landing. Like, it, it was sort of peak Cold War sort of time. Um, or peak US-USSR tensions. So, saying the US had made the moon landing would have sort of not died down tensions, but it would have shown the US was better. So, you, you can sort of see why people would believe it would be a hoax and the sort of meaning behind it, even though it You can see the motive. Happened. You can see the motive of yeah. it being a hoax. But this one, I don't see any motive. My issue with the moon landing being faked is that 
well, there's loads of issues with it, but one of them is that I don't think anybody could be able to keep that a secret. No, so it would have come out from someone at NASA at some point. And the Russians would have found it out. Yeah, someone someone that wasn't sat behind a computer in their mum's basement for God knows how long would have found <laughs> it out. It but, wouldn't just be some random person on the internet who said it. Yeah, to get back to this antikythera mechanism, I do think it is quite a strange one though, because... The, th- the thing that gets me is not how vast the Greeks' knowledge was. Because I can kind of understand that, because they were a smart people. I mean, yeah. they were Id- they were idiots as well, but they were rational people. Like, a lot happened in Greek times. Kind of advancements in culture and maths and medicine, stuff like this, and history. And so, I don't have an issue with that, because I could see them making something like this. The issue I have with it is that there's such a large gap between 100 BC and 14, the 14th century. Yeah. I think it's quite... I struggle to comprehend how that technology could have been lost. Well, if you think about it reasonably, if you think about sort of the architecture and everything that was around, say, ancient Greek time and ancient Egyptian and Roman, then if you think sort of the architecture you would have seen say between uh, the year zero and say a thousand AD you were quite easy to be able to say that the sort of ancient Greek and ancient Roman stuff was sort of more progressed than what was at that time so yeah, yeah. there was clearly a bit of a dip at some point and I think isn't it the, when they tried to create a dome I forget where it was, was it in Florence? So, they created a dome in the Renaissance, and the issue was they wanted, like, a perfect dome, and they forgot how to do a dome. So, they they did domes in the past, but I kind of think people forgot how to make a dome. Yeah. So, they had to kind of relearn how to make a dome. Maybe it's it's just that stuff gets lost to antiquity more than we kind of realise. Mm. But I'm not sure. Maybe the fact that only certain people have knowledge of how these things work. So only the builders in the past knew how a dome worked. And then if they forgot to pass it down, or they didn't pass it down, or somebody didn't remember quite correctly, then the people, loads of people, would be stuck with a do- like. If all people who manufacture, if all people, who, I don't know, what's something that we know nothing about, Harry? Velcro. I was—I mean, I was going for like a nuclear reactor, but kind of, you know what I mean? Just as something that we don't, normal people don't know that much about. If everybody that knew how to do that certain thing kind of died or like got lost or whatever, then I'd have no idea how to create it. Yeah, it's like that thing. Um, like, if the world ended and you were the only person left on the planet, or if humanity died out and you were the only person left on the planet realistically, how long could you survive not knowing anything more than you already knew? That's a good question for to explore that. If you were the last person on the planet, what would you kind of do? I would... I don't know. I'd just do everything that I've actually wanted to do, I guess. 
So I, speed limits would be out the window immediately. Um, I'd probably try and fly a helicopter or something just to see if I could do it. Um, yeah, I don't... It, It'd essentially be like being given a massive toy box. Yeah, but the thing is, you do always get bored of toy box, bored of toy boxes eventually, don't you? Yeah, but if you think about the size of it, like if you buy someone, say, a toy box size of a mug, then you buy someone a toy box size of a car. The one size of a car will last longer than one size of a mug. You give someone yeah. the Earth to play with. That's meant. Because eventually nuclear reactors will explode and you'll be dead. So yeah, that, that's another thing. I don't know how they work now, but don't they have a fail-safe on nuclear reactors? For a I believe I it's for a certain th amount of time. I, th I think it's only for like three to five years, isn't it? Yeah, I think they can go unattended for a certain amount of time. For the, if someone left them now, I don't think they'd be able to go unattended for the rest of their lifespan. No, but I so. think. Unless you the found somewhere in the world that was outside the circle of yeah, every that's what reactor. I was thinking. There's probably certain places where it's remote. Less... Remote Russia would probably be in it, but you yeah. won't. You won't really want to live in remote Russia for the rest of your life. Well, I was thinking Iceland. Yeah, because well, Iceland's all geothermal, but then you have to realize that a if a bunch of nuclear explosions go off, it might affect it geothermally. Yeah, and it could trigger the volcanoes. Could trigger Yellowstone as well. True. Which so, would wipe out everyone. I think you'd have to. The thing is, I don't have. I don't have knowledge of who doesn't have nuclear reactors. Um. I think most of Africa wouldn't you be all right? Probably. But the thing, the other thing is, you've got to get to Africa. We can find a boat. There'll be. a some rich people have died on a boat or something. We'll just take the boat. So there's two. There's me and you left in the world. And the first thing we do after driving really fast in cars that we found, yeah, is get a boat and go to. The thing is, I'm not sure if I'd want it. No, I, Africa's I, I think really we both, hot. I think we both know what we're doing. We're both going and scoring a goal at the Hawthorns and Ellen Road. Yeah, and we, Wembley. Yeah. Yeah, true. And I'd, I'd want to go see... The thing is, you could just go see so much stuff. You could go to, like... You, we could play football in Buckingham Palace. Yeah. Yeah, we could just... But, we could explore... We could solve every mystery. Yeah, we could go underneath Moscow. Yeah. And to be fair, we don't... It's not like we have to move to Africa straight away. No. Because if there's, like, a two-year period, we... We can do a lot in two years. Yeah, we've got plenty of time. We can explore everything. We can find that um, abandoned nuclear bunker that the uh, government had that they sold. Or I mean, I, I, I thought you were about just a regular nuclear bunker because there's a nuclear bunker like f four miles away. There's one in Shepshed. Yeah. Well, no, that's not really a nuclear bunker. Is it, well, it's like a nuclear safe house, isn't it? No, it was like a it's listening like... post. It was like a nuclear... The listing post for that, I didn't realise that they're all all across the country they are. Yeah. Yeah. We could get a massive R V. Road trip. Yeah. Uh, but then but then how would we get from how would we get our R V from England? Because I think when you get to France, right? Yeah. You you can get to Africa. 
mean, it's a long drive, it's, but you'd yeah, have to go around. Long... You'd have to go around the Middle East, wouldn't you? Either that, or you go to Gibraltar and sail across to Morocco. See, see, I was thinking the 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 good thing about going from England to France, Harry, is that it's only about twenty five miles. <laughs> Gibraltar to Morocco is not the biggest. True, but we've got to get a massive ferry to put our RV on, surely. We can just find a new one. Yeah, but we'll make we'll make our RV at the home, and we'll, what about all of the stuff we've taken? So we've got like <laughs> we can take new stuff. We can take. We've got like the the crown jewels. Well, we Was don't that need... what we do? No, we don't need them. No, but it'd be nice to have. We just it's have like... collections. Yeah, but it's like the Mona Lisa. If oh, so it... you're telling me we're not taking the Premier League trophy? Okay, maybe we'll take that. <laughs> But it's like the Mona Lisa doesn't have any value to us. We're not art. We're not like massive art. Can we take a Banksy? We can take a Banksy. Well, just the thing. This is definitely what we do. We just collect loads of like stuff and be like, "Ooh, that looks pretty cool." I, I think we'd have to have a rule every time we pass a country border, we'd have to have a clear out. But then, but what? What we throw away the Premier? Oh no, we'd have to limit ourselves to one one thing from one each souvenir place. per country. The thing, and there's so many souvenirs from the UK you'd have, and yet we'd still end up with a trophy or something football related. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Can then t- there's certain countries where I have no idea what's of value there. Uh, well, it depends where. Would we just go around and collect football trophies? <laughs> it sounds like something we do. See, this is this is a bit like there's a program called the Last Man on Earth. Yeah, and I was I was a bit upset it ended because I was actually quite enjoying it. But I got bored after about the third season. It get it it's very yeah. It does get quite mundane towards the middle. But the last season I quite enjoyed actually. the 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 first season I think is actually the best one. Yeah. When kind of because he's he's gets bored, doesn't he? He's been alone for so long. And it starts with this massive spoilers, by the way. But it starts it starts with him going to crash his car into a rock because he was so bored. And then he sees some smoke or something, doesn't he? Yeah. And it turns out out to be this girl. But th- th- towards the latter seasons, they kind of acknowledge that they've got to move because of this nuclear issue. Yeah. Yeah. So they. So they end up. I think they end up going to Mexico, but uh, it, it's quite, it's quite good. But that's the. So on this back to to get back to the conspiracy, I don't think it is. I, I can understand why people are skeptical, because of this massive gap. But I don't think there's anything suspicious about it. To be honest. No, I don't think there is. I just think it's quite amazing that. They had that kind of technology, so yeah. fair enough. Fair enough to the Greeks. The last section we're going to do is on past experiences, right? Yeah. And the thing is, I looked at these and I thought it might make some good conversation. But the thing is, I already know quite a lot about it. So the first one is, where did you grow up, Harry? And I think I know where you grew up. Yeah, I've but, lived in the same house all nineteen years. It... See, that, that was my second question. Have you ever moved house? No. Nope. 
Do you, do you want do you want to like didn't you say you wanted to move to like um Brumway? Yeah, I mean I, I like I like living in well no, I like being in cities. So of yeah. course I'd like to live in one. Um and of course that would be the sort of area I'd like to live in. Um so it's a big city and it's not as expensive as London. Um so yeah, that would be my target. But of course, a career can lead you elsewhere. So. Yeah, true. I think it's um, a lot of where you go and live is quite conditional on what you do. Yeah. The the second question was: Did you have like a dream job as a kid? Oh, I had loads. I I could wheel up. Uh, let me try. And, uh, so. Like really young. Um, I can remember wanting to be like a detective, but like a Sherlock Holmes one, not a police police one. Uh, yeah. Then I think I did want to be a sort of police police one. Um, I think every kid uh, sort of dreams of being a footballer. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I had that at some point. Um, where would I have gone after that? I think Chef would have probably been after that. Um, I, which I can ironic. See you being a chef. Yeah, it's ironic because I bet I can cook like five things now. With, um, a massive sh- with a massive white chef's hat. Yeah. Um, after should wear that, that to come dine with me. <laughs> we should do a, a group come dine with me, and you should wear a sh- massive chef's massive hat, chef's and then just cook like beans on toast. <laughs> um, what I want to be after a chef? Archaeologist, I think, would have been after a chef. I want to be an archaeologist for a bit. Uh, writer was in there, sort of writer journalist, which has sort of come round to a circle because I'm kind of looking at that at the minute. Um, what else? Engineer has always been in there because uh, it's a sort of family thing. Train driver, truck driver. Um, uh, what else would I have been? There's I like, see you being a train driver as well, to be fair. Yeah, there's been like. Um, Recent things like um, accounting, uh, radio presenter, sort of broadcaster, journalist. Uh, I want to be a game designer for a bit because I have some ideas. I just never learn how to do it. Um, yeah, I, I understand that. Certain things I have ideas. I, I have certain ideas. I think this is a goal. Like I had an idea the other day of a toothpaste that had um, like fluoride in. So it would like repair your teeth when you chewed it. But, chewed it. So, yeah, like chewing gum. Yeah. But it's got, like, the same stuff that toothpaste has in it. So it spread I'm, it across your teeth. I'm pretty sure that already exists. Well, this is my first two things was, A, does it exist? And B, can you get fluoride poisoning? And I think <laughs> you can. I think you can have too much of it. Yeah. And the thing is, I chew, you know me, and I chew gum so often that I just end up being poisoned by my own creation. Yeah. Um, I think with with yeah, especially with the game designers, you can have some really cool ideas. But if you actually don't know how to do it, yeah, it's quite quite a difficult it like genre to get into, I suppose. Yeah, web designing's another one. Cause I've I've done that quite a bit. It's just it's so easy to make a website now. Like being a web designer and sort of getting your name out there is the difficult bit. Um. Or I want to be an author for a bit as well. 
well, like write novels. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you have any novels areas that you wanted to go into? Uh, at the minute, well, at the time, it was sort of like adventure, sort of action adventure, thriller sort of things. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I've since then I've not really done any writing that's not sort of journalism focused. Yeah, I think uh, journalism quite interesting, really, because it's like you just kind of exploring or writing about stuff that you, especially if you're like, um, what's the word, like specialised into stuff that you are actually into. Yeah. So if you're a football journalist, for example, on West Brom, you'd love that. Oh, yeah. It's like, I, I thought a while about going into political journalism or going into like sports journalism if it's something you like then it is it'd be a great job to have but it's quite a i think it's quite a niche area to try and get into yeah i mean if things like political journalism isn't too bad because they do pop up a decent chunk because most stations will want one yeah um but like if you want to be a sports journalist for a particular club that is a very niche market and thought to be fair, my thoughts go out today to um, a guy called you won't know him, but it's a guy called I think Phil Hay from the Athletic. He's an he's a Leeds journalist, yeah. and he's been a journalist for ages, and he's had to step back. I think it's today because I think he's got a brain tumor. Oh, okay. quite upsetting. So, but I to be fair, a lot of these jobs that you've been saying, I could totally see you as. Yeah. I think for a while I wanted to be a pilot. Yeah. And then, kind of, I couldn't decide whether I, I... I didn't want to be a massive jumbo jet pilot, right? I kind of wanted to be a small, small kind of pilot by myself in a plane. So then I thought, oh, the RAF. But then you have to kind of sign up for a certain amount of years. Yeah. And I quite like the fluidity of being able to kind of... It's not that commitment's bad, it's just that being able to do loads of things and not being bound by anything I find quite appealing yeah I know what you mean with that so like I forget how many years it was but you had to be signed up for them for a certain amount of years and I just didn't really want that yeah and then and then now I've got to the stage where I think oh maybe in the future if I if I can afford it maybe I should do it as like a hobby a yeah. bit like football. I can't be a professional footballer, but I still play football because I enjoy playing football. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Because like, I'd like to know how to fly. Um, I always wanted to learn how to fly a helicopter. Uh, and then sort of a micro-light sort of aircraft, quite light. Um, but it costs a lot of money. It does cost a lot of money. But... Uh, I don't. Why did? Why is it that it costs a lot of money? Is it just quite a, a small area, or is it quite taxing to kind of teach? I'd imagine well, I it's. Sort of, I suppose the equipment's expensive. Yeah, it's a sort of operating cost because, of course, you need somewhere to like sort of take off the planes, and then the planes cost a lot. And the um, fuel. Yeah, and insurance, um, and training. Um, it's a. Yeah, it, it just goes around like that. When there's yeah. sort of less places you can do it. Like, you can learn to drive a car quite a few places. You can learn to 
sail a boat quite a few places. You need like specific places to be able to learn to fly a plane. Yeah, I think if the opportunity arises, though, I think both of us would definitely like to do it. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think it's a bit like, we talked a couple of weeks ago, was it skydiving? Like, we won't actively go and do skydiving, but if the opportunity arises to do it, I wouldn't say no. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, that's what we'll do. If we, I don't know, reach a milestone in the future for anything, we'll go and do a skydive. <laughs> but... I don't know. It's, I feel like doing a skydive wouldn't be that bad. I, but I feel like the first bit where you've got to get off the plane to yeah. like nothing, that'll be the scary bit. Yeah, because you're looking down and it's several... Well, I don't know how far it is below you. Really, but... really far. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can see the curvature of the Earth. Yeah, yeah. But it's a bit like I went on a water slide once upon a time and it was like 150 foot or something ridiculous. And it, it wasn't that scary, but the scariest bit was at the start where you've got to go off from like sitting to like basically standing up on this water slide. And it's like, it's the, I thought that I'd end up going off the edge and my my head would weigh more than the rest of my body and i just end up like, face palming yeah that's what i was worried about is not going down the way i was supposed to go down yeah but on that i think we'll draw to an end this week so this week we talked about baby names the first computer childhood and and what we do in a in a it wouldn't be a nuclear kind of holocaust would it It'd be a situation where just apparently all humans disappeared other than but the two of us. Well, what was it? Uh, Last man on earth. It was there was a disease that killed everyone but like a handful of people. Yeah, and the, and the main guy was immune to it. And then it, and the, see, it gets a bit washy washy because his brother falls from space and survives. Yeah. And then they think he's allergic to the illness, and then he pops up a season later, says, "Oh no, I wasn't allergic to it. I just had like a cold or yeah. something." <laughs> yeah. Um, but then just load more people start popping up. And yeah, and then they ended up with there was loads of people, especially there's a cliffhanger at the end of the yeah, last season. Wasn't there like an entire bunker full of people? There was a bunker full of people, yeah. yeah. And then they kind of left it there, and I was thinking, well, yeah, but what happens next? My favourite bit when it was just him, though, and he just went around doing whatever he wanted. Yeah. But on that, we'll draw to a close. So that's been goodbye from me. And goodbye from me.